This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Again, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the music. And I am looking forward to diving into God's Word here this morning. And so, uh, one of the greatest fears in all of the world is darkness. One of the greatest fears is darkness. People do not like being in the dark. It is something that causes us to walk a little bit faster, to be more aware of our surroundings, and can add a little bit of a restlessness to our night. I don't know about you, I, am, I don't know what Dan does or anybody else that comes into the building in the evening. I'm not one that's afraid to come into the building at night. But I promise you this, when I come into the building and I lock the door behind me if nobody else is here and it's dark, I am much more aware of getting in and locking it. And when I leave, I just have a little bit more of a certainness that I'm going to get to the car. I'm not afraid of the dark. I've never been afraid of the dark. But when I'm in a building or when I'm here by myself and it's dark, it's 9, 10, 11, depending on when it is, it's usually not too late. But I have a little bit more urgency to get to where I'm supposed to be and I'm aware of things around us. The very first thing that God did there in the beginning, what does he say in first day? He did what? God created light. The very first thing that God created was light. All throughout scripture, there are references to Jesus being light. If we look back at some of the prophetic things in Isaiah chapter 9, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. <coughs> they that <coughs> excuse me, dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Isaiah 49.6, and he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a, what? Light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. If we go forward some 700 years in the book of Luke, Simeon says this in Luke chapter 2, A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Matthew says in Matthew 4 and verse 16, The people which sat in darkness saw great light. So Isaiah said the light is coming. Simeon said the light is here. Matthew says Jesus is the light. For, or in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says this, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse number 9 of that same uh, chapter number 1 of John says that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. All of this was said in reference to Jesus, but what does Jesus say about Himself? This is the question, who is Jesus that we are looking at? We looked at it last week. I am the bread of life. We will look at it today. I am the light of the world. We will continue to look at these seven I am statements in the book of John as Jesus saying, I am this. And we do that because of this one thought that I brought to our attention last week, which most of us already know. Each of us have to answer that question, who is Jesus? 
Each of us have to answer that question. Whom do you say that I am? Jesus asked them. And so when we look at this this passage today, we're looking at what does Jesus say about himself? In John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus does not say he has come to just give a little bit of light. Jesus doesn't say he is a light. Jesus doesn't say any of those things. He says, I am the light. (coughs) I am the light. But what exactly does that mean? (laughs) What does it mean that Jesus says, I am the light of the world? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? And this morning, I am excited to unpack a lot of these pieces, parts this morning. So if you have your Bible, we will be in John chapter number 8. We're going to start in verse number 12. We're going to go to verse number 24. We could probably continue down to like 30, 31, but we're not going to do that this morning. (coughs) John chapter 8. Verse number 12, and as I always do, I encourage you to uh, bring your Bible. Or um, I always love to hear the wrestling of the, the leaves of the pages. There's something to that. But we're going to kind of dissect some of this passage this morning. John chapter 8, verse number 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. <laughs> The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself, because he saith, Whither I go, you cannot come? And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Father, we come to you this morning. I ask that you would allow me to just hide behind your cross, that you would speak and not me. Lord, I pray that your word would speak to the hearts of those that sit here today. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So if you are anything like me and I begin to to study through this passage of Scripture, I look at this passage, the very first thing, I am the light of the world, and we hear that, we know that statement. 
And then it goes into all of this other stuff below it. The Pharisee said, thou bearest record of thyself. And you go and you're trying to, is anybody else like me? You look through that passage, you're like, what does the light have to do with anything else that was said in that passage? Has anybody else kind of done that before? Thank you for the one or two of you that were honest. I may be the only honest one. You're like, but you're the pastor. You're supposed to have already known everything. But when I first read, read through this, I'm thinking, okay, but what does the light have to do with everything else that Jesus says thereafter? Because right after that, they say something to him, and Jesus begins to teach. Jesus begins to explain. Jesus begins to get down, and I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he sat down on a stool. I don't know if he stood. I don't know if he scolded. But Jesus begins to teach them. He begins to share with them exactly why he could say, I am the light. But in my wanting to teach and preach, I'm like, but there's got to be something that references back to light. <laughs> Let's go and explain that. Anybody else want to know? Good, good, good. At least you're, you're more aware of that one. So if we, to really grasp a hold of, one, we'd have to, we can go back, for, back even before verse 12, but to really grasp a hold of why would Jesus make the reference, I am the light of the world, nothing in that passage. When it was the bread of life last week, we'd go, oh, that makes sense. He just fed the 5,000 bread. But there's no light. Let me explain. Where was Jesus? When did he say this? Why would he make this reference? Thank you for asking. Where was Jesus? Verse number 20 tells you where Jesus was. What does it say in verse number 20? These words spake Jesus in the treasury. So Jesus was in the temple teaching, right? But what was taking place in the temple at this time? Glad you asked. During the Feast of the Tabernacle, the Feast of Booze is what was going on right now. So we have all of these people coming and they're beginning to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. It was also known as Sukkot, or S, it's S-U-K-K-O-T, Sukkot. And it means this, the season of our joy. So Jesus is here at the Feast of the Tabernacles. They are, he's at the, uh, in the treasury, which is... Um, I, I was trying to find something that wasn't really distorted so that I could like show you a picture of the temple and everything around it, but everything I looked at was really badly distorted. So you have the feet or you have the temple, and then around the temple there was a court, and then outside of that there was a bigger court. So the, the court outside of the temple was the, the court of women. And it was outside of the court of women in that same area that the treasury was. It was called the court of women because that was the furthest place that the women were able to go. And it was also the place where most all of the teaching would take place. And this is where a lot of, so anytime Jesus, almost every time Jesus would go and teach, he would go to that location because that's where the majority of the people would go. So during the Feast of the Tabernacle or the Feast of the Booze, here's why Jesus makes reference to being the light of the world. They would dance, they would celebrate. But inside of this court of women, which is kind of a weird name. I don't know. Maybe it's not weird to you. But inside of this court of women, it's just a square. On each corner was a huge candle. And every time that they would have this feast of booze or this feast of tab tabernacles, somebody would climb up. There was a ladder to get to the top. It was about 75 feet tall. On the top of this candle or the top of this pillar would be a huge bowl. They would pour oil inside of that bowl. And then they would light all four of those bowls. 
And those bowls, that, that blaze, that fire would represent the ancient, when the, their ancestors would come through. Does anybody remember? Forty days in the wilderness and there was a Shekinah glory that gave them light to get where they were going. This feast, this feast of booze, this feast of tabernacles was a representation. It was a reminder. It was a remembrance of that time. And they would light those candles. They would light those big, huge lights to give them light, to remind them that God's light came to direct them, to guide them during that time when they were in the wilderness wandering. And it was in the middle of this setting of these four lights that had just been, just been burnt or lit. And that tabernacle or that temple sits on a hill. So those lights that are sitting up 75 feet tall, you're looking at basically a, a traffic light. With a huge bowl of oil that's burning would light the entire city. And it is in the middle of this setting that Jesus stands and Jesus makes the reference, I am the light of the world. Because they would know exactly what he was teaching on. They would make reference to that. And so when he would make that statement, Jesus again is declaring, as we stated last week, Jesus is declaring deity. Jesus is declaring, I am God. And every person that sat in that room and every person that stood in that, that court that day knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Because they have been taught all of these things. Just think of this. They would sing songs like it says in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. All of these people that were there, they would, they would make reference <coughs> to Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. All throughout their teaching of growing up in Judaism, they would know very clearly that the light was reference to God. There was no if, ands, or buts. And so when Jesus made the claim last we looked, we looked last week at I am the bread of life, he was claiming deity because of the I am statement. But when he claimed deity based on the I am statement and you tack on that light, it was almost just, magni it just magnified it. They certainly didn't like that. But Jesus is standing there and he says, I am the light of the world. It is this backdrop to which he makes that statement. This morning, my desire is, is to teach and direct and to give truths of God's word that Jesus is the light. He is God. He is the Savior. He desires that you would be brought into and see the light as well. I would ask you this before we even uh, get going this morning. Do you know Christ as Savior? Have you seen the light, so to speak? Has God illuminated your eyes? Has he opened your eyes? And let me ask you this, and I don't say this often to start my services, maybe I ought to or what, but maybe this morning as we get started, you would say something like this just kind of in your mind to God, God, I don't understand or know, but would you reveal yourself this morning to me? Because here's what we all need to know, and I've said it last week, we've said it, <laughs> said it before. 
God's desire is that you would know him. And he does not keep himself hidden away. This isn't hide and go seek. God has opened himself up and said, here I am. Look at everything that I have created. Look at the word of God that I have given to you. Excuse me. And here's my son. All of those things throughout Scripture are revealing who God is. And this morning, I'm going to do my best to package this, to unpackage it so that we can grasp a hold of it. Not only did Jesus claim authority, but Jesus gave us incredible promises and truths inside of this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to do my best to unpack that for you this morning. The very first thought is this, I am the light of the world, but by what authority? By what authority? What did they ask him? In verse number 13, what did they say? Verse number 13, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. They look at him and say, you are a liar because you cannot bear witness or record of yourself. Jesus says, time out. Let's have a little sit down. Let me explain to you once again who I am, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference all of these things as to why I can bear witness of myself, because I am God. Now, he didn't say it all like that, but that's kind of what he said. He begins to unpack all of these things, and so this first thought is this, by what authority does Jesus have to make the statement and to stand before them having not valid... <coughs> validated his claim based on others. They immediately claim that Jesus was lying. For to the Jews, and in their court of law, which you got to remember, they are not in the court of law, but to the Jews, you had to, if you were going to give testimony, give witness, you had to be backed up by at least two people. You couldn't just stand and say, oh, I'm giving witness. It had to be validated by somebody. So they are coming to Jesus and saying, hey, you need to validate your claim. They immediately attempted to dismiss his claim. I would say this to all of us, most of us in this room, you know scriptures. We would look at it and say, well, God, Jesus is God. He doesn't have to validate anything, and he doesn't. Jesus could have went with them with a whole bunch of things. Think about some of these things. And I'm not going to read through the passage if you want to write these down, but all of this is in the book of John. Who could have validated the claims of Christ? John chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 was John the Baptist. Nathaniel in John chapter 1, verse 49. The Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 and verse 39. Martha in John 11, verse 27. Those who witnessed Lazarus rising from the dead in John chapter 12, verse 17. The works of Christ himself in John 5, 36. The scriptures, John chapter 5 and 39. In this passage that we're reading right here, in verse number 17 and 18, it says it is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one that bear witness, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. All of these passages of Scripture would make reference that these people would bear witness of me as Jesus Christ. He did not have to validate 
anything, yet Christ did just that. He goes through and he begins to now tell them. In verse 14, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. See, authority gives claim based on several things. His skill set and his experience reaches a spot that would call him an expert. In our culture today, your skills and your experience give us expertise, right? We would say somebody who has gone through all of the school, all of the educational things, and they would sit in a doctor's office and they would perform surgery on you, is an expert in their field. What they are doing does not necessarily have to be validated. They don't need somebody to sit on the outside and go, oh, very good. Now, we would all go sometimes, you're like, yeah, (laughs) I need a second opinion, please. But here's the reality. They are the expert in (coughs) in that situation. They're the expert in that room based on their Skill set and their experience, they are the expert. They don't have to be validated. And it's the same thing what we're looking at. Jesus, God did not have to validate himself, but he goes into this thing and he begins to teach. He begins to tell them why Jesus is God in human flesh and there is no greater source Yet he does give them exactly what they're wanting. His divine knowledge against their limited knowledge. Look at this in verse 14. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go. But you cannot tell, (coughs) excuse me, you cannot tell me whence I come or whither I go. He looks at them and he says this. I am divine. I am God. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. John chapter 16, verse 28. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Over 13 times, I believe it's 13 times in the book of John alone that Jesus makes reference that he knows the Father where he's coming from and he knows the Father where he is going. He is letting them know, I know where I come from and where I'm going. And he looks at them and he says, you don't even know where I came from or where I'm going. They couldn't even figure out where Jesus was physically born, let alone to deal with the spiritual aspect of what he's talking about. In John, it says in verse, or chapter 7, 41 and 42, Others said, this is the Christ, but some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? <laughs> where is he coming from? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem? Verse 52, they answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. They couldn't even figure out where he was physically. Jesus is making the claim, he's making the statement, Listen guys, (laughs) you can't do this or I can do this, because I know where I come from. I know where I'm going. I am God. He also, his divine nature is shared with the Father yet again. And it says, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and my Father that sent me. Yet again, claiming equality with the Father, which again, they don't like. It would bring anger. It would bring rage. But who else has judgment of God? 
but God. He is the only one who can be so sure of their own motive and of their understanding. They were not happy that he would claim such a thing. He was saying he was in perfect unity with God. He was claiming to be God. And in verse 17 and 18, again, it is also written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. I and God, for we are one. He says, I am the light of the world. Light must testify of itself, for darkness cannot testify of light. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says it this way, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. They cannot speak to what they have not seen. Jesus says, I am the light. I am the one who can testify of myself because no one can for me. They could not testify to who Jesus was because spiritually speaking, their minds are blinded. They could not even, they didn't know who Jesus was. The dark could not give testimony of the light. Jesus is reminding them. Jesus is letting them know, I am God. I and my Father are one. You need two witnesses? There's no greater witnesses than God and Jesus. Is there a better validation of anything than God and Jesus? <laughs> and he looks right at him and he lets them know that they are the witness. That is all that is needed. Jesus can claim it. And there's a lot more depth that we could probably spend in that, but that first thought... Jesus has the authority to stand and say, I am God. And he explains through that in this passage of Scripture. The second one is this. When we follow Christ, we will not walk in darkness and we will have the light of life. When we follow Christ, we will not walk in darkness and we'll have the light of life. And if we look, <coughs> we're going back to verse number 12. Because Jesus gives us promise. Jesus gives us truths right here. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me, what? If you follow him, you will what? You will never walk in darkness. And what else does it say? And you will have the light of life. You will never walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. When we follow, does anybody know what it means to follow when Scripture says this? Anybody know? Following his steps? Walk in his steps? Follow teaching, obedience. All of these things are true. This specific thought of the word follow is this it is a complete submission under the leader. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me, he that submits under me, he that would say, you are God, I will bow at your feet and claim you are God. I will submit under your authority. I will submit that you are God. He that followeth me, he that submits, he that does that will not walk in darkness and will have the light of life. But how? <laughs> how? How can I have this light? How can I not walk in darkness? How? By faith? Let's look what the Word of God says. 
Psalm 146.8 says this, The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth, what does it say? Them that are bowed down. Them that would be willing to submit. Them that would say, I will follow God. The Lord will open their eyes. The Lord loveth the righteous. As the Lord opens our eyes, we are able to follow. If we continue in this passage in John, it would say this, If ye abide in my word, you are my disciples. As my eyes have been opened, and I am following God, and, and I begin to bow before Him as I continue. And I, <coughs> I spoke on this several weeks ago. As I abide in Christ, as I, ab- <coughs> as I abide in the word of God, what does it mean? As I rest in God's word. As I stay in God's word, as I find a comfort in God's word, I will, I am his disciple. As we follow and submit, we abide, we rest. Ephesians chapter 1.18 says this way, that the eyes of our understanding or the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. Maybe you sit here today and you need to ask the question in Psalm 119.18, God, would you open mine eyes? that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. God, would you open my eyes that I could see you. God, would you open my eyes that I can understand and grasp the word of God. God, would you open my eyes. I can't open your eyes. I can't and will never. I would never have seen the light had God not opened my eyes. And the same for every person that sits in this room. Because the Lord opens our eyes. John chapter 3 and verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. What does it say? But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Listen, this is all of us that sit in this room. We loved the darkness far more than we liked the light. Until God opened our eyes and we begin to see. Because the light is this. The light is the, the, light is the one thing that's going to shine into us. And the light is the one thing that's going to allow me to step back and go, Oh my word, I never realized how wicked that I was. I don't want to be in light. I like darkness because I'm enjoying this. The word of God tells us. That when we walk in darkness, or when we follow Christ, we will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. Seek the light that your eyes would be open. This entire thought, again, it takes us back to what I stated last week. These phrases, these statements, the I am statements, I am the bread of life. This is not something that was just a temporary. The bread of life was an eternal life that Jesus was speaking of. Here's the same thing. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world and you will have light of life. That is eternal life. That is an eternity. And so when we look at this in John chapter 1 and verse 4, in Him was life and the life was the light of men, the salvation of men. God is desiring that we would see that. See, He was saying to them at this time as He was teaching, 
I am the light of the world. If you could just see and if you could just imagine the light that was shining that gave the children of Israel light for 40 years in the wilderness, that wasn't just some little flicker of light. That light was, was me. I was light. I was giving you that. I was doing that. God Almighty gave you that. And he was coming in and he was letting them know, listen, I am that light that would light your path forever. I am the light of the world. That light is Christ. He is there before them. He is before us to give us the light of life, that eternal life, that we would not walk in darkness, that we would not walk in our sins eternally. What incredible security that we have in this statement that he would give us eternal life to light our path, not today, but for all of eternity. Jesus has come enabling us to see the glory of the Father. Remember, we talked last week of the miracles. The miracles weren't done just that the, the people would, no, the miracles were done that they would give glory to God, that we would point back to God. Jesus has come. The works and teachings point to the Father, but it is through the light that we can see. See, it's one thing for us to, to go through scriptures and go through the Old Testament, go through all the statements in the New Testament that would speak of, of Jesus being light, of Jesus' reference as light, as light, as light, as light. It's another thing altogether when Jesus would stand in the room and say, but I am the light of the world. See, you can talk to me and talk about me all that you want. You can claim that I am this and I am this and I am this and I am this. It's another thing for me to walk in the room and say, no, I am. You can talk, oh, he's their father, he's their father, he's their father, he's their father. It's another thing for me to walk in the room and say, yes, I am their father. Jesus walks in the room and he says, yes, they've said all of these things about the light that is to come. I am. Yes, I am the light that has come. There are, there's a great comfort and there's a great discomfort in the light. There's a great comfort and a great discomfort in the light. See, there's comfort that Jesus will guide our steps. There's comfort that Jesus is my Savior. There's comfort that, that Jesus will be the light that will guide, that will direct, that will shine in front of me, that Jesus would do all those things. There's also a great discomfort. I don't know about you, but there's, there's dark spots in my world. And, and I don't like when the light shines in them and says, uh, hey, this is not good. I don't like when people point out or when, when the Word of God points out that there's things in my world, in my life, in my, in, my, in my being that are not healthy. I don't like it. I didn't like two weeks ago when I went to the doctor and they said certain things that I probably should start to watch. I didn't like it. But I will say I have been very good. I have not had a Coke in almost two weeks. Somebody just went, <gasps> I just gave somebody a heart attack. 
For some of you, you have no idea. I have a crazy addiction of Coca-Cola. I love it. Not the bat, not the other stuff. No, no. <laughs> Somebody was just like, "This will be the last time we visit this place." No, but you know what? I did not like going to the doctor and that, that doctor looking at me and saying, hey, you've got to guard these certain things because it's not going to end well for you. <clears throat> Spiritually speaking, it's the same. There's pockets of my heart, there's pockets of my life that I don't like it. I don't like when somebody says, Pastor, you probably shouldn't have said that. And then I look back and I go, yeah, you're right. Because I don't like to say, you're right. Not just because it's you, but to anybody. None of us like to look at somebody and go, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong, we don't like it. The light shining into our lives gives us discomfort, but there is so much more comfort in knowing Him and the eternity and the joy that I have in Him because I don't want that in my life. I want God to pierce in. I want the light to shine in every area. I don't want darkness in my world. John chapter 12 and 36. While ye have light, believe in the light that ye may be the children of light. Think about this as we go into this last point here in just a moment. The Word of God tells us in this passage of Scripture that when we follow, when we submit after Him, <laughs> we shall not walk in darkness, but we shall have the light of life. All of these things that we have talked about, all of these things, the light revealing our sin, the light coming into us, the light guiding us, Jesus being the all of these things bring us to this place. As somebody who knows Jesus Christ as your Savior, God's Word says that you and I are the children of light. When I follow Him, I will have the light of life, that literally is that I am a child of the light. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 5 through 11 says this. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet and the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. I am a child of light because God has opened my eyes. He has revealed Himself to me, and I will never walk in that darkness ever again. I am a child of light, therefore I must, if you read this passage, I must watch I must be sober. I must put on the armor of God. I must comfort. I must edify. There is so much that comes in with that. <laughs> Philippians 2.15 That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye what? Shine as lights in the world. I am a child of light. <laughs> I would ask you, 
How are you shining today? How are we shining today? In Matthew it says, I'm a light in the world. A light that shines. A light that cannot be hid. Is that you today? Is God shining through you as He ought to? The last thought this morning is this. How must I respond to the light? See, if we go to the latter end of this passage of Scripture that we read this morning, honestly, it's, it's something that ought to stir every person in this room. If you're a believer, this passage of Scripture ought to stir you like nothing else. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, this passage of Scripture ought to stir you like nothing else. It says this in 21, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me. And what does it say? Ye shall die in your sins, whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself, because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come? And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. I don't mean to close out the service on a downer. But the reality is this, if we do not believe in the name of Jesus Christ, God's, God's word says we will die in our sins. In this passage of scripture, it says, I go my way, ye shall seek me. Listen, there's people that sit in the rooms of these, these church buildings, auditoriums, Worship centers, wherever, whatever you want to call them. There's people that sit, sit in these rooms that would say that they are seeking God who sit in a service every day or every week and it would say just like this, you shall seek, you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Not all who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. One of the scariest I've said this many times, I've said it a lot. One of the scariest realities for me is that so many people that sit in church seats like these will die in their sins because they've never submitted to God as Lord. I don't say that to be scary. I don't say that to to do anything but to say we, if, you are a, <coughs> if you're a believer in God, we have work to do. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you don't know Him as Savior, I can't plead with you enough to say, God, I need you. <laughs> For you to cry out, God, would you open my eyes that I might see. You might sit here today and you might say, even after all that I've said, you might look at me and you say, Pastor, that's all good. I'm glad that you can get excited about that. I cannot. I would plead with you. I would plead with you to leave and say this. God, I really don't know what that guy said. I don't know that I like what that guy said. But if he's true, if that's real, would you show me? Would you open my eyes? Because I, I don't want to be that. This morning, how must I respond? 
I would ask you, have you believed that Jesus is the light? Have your eyes been opened to the light of God's word that has caused you to see your life illuminate it before your eyes? The light has shined into your life and your eyes were opened to see the sin that you were living in and today you see that you will die in those sins outside of placing faith and trust in Him. He is seeking you. I can't say it enough. <laughs> he is seeking to know you. He created you to know you. He gave us an earth. He gave us His creation to point back to the Father. He gave us His Son to point back to the Father. He gave us the Word of God to point back to the Father so that He would be revealed so that we could know Him. You were created for one reason, to know and worship God. That you would be the children of light. While you have a chance, I plead with you, would you make that decision? Believer, I would ask you this, how would you respond to the light? Today the light is shining in you and exposing sin in your life. What are you going to do about it? Today we read this passage of scripture and I would ask you, does God's word, did God's word this morning pierce your heart when it says that ye shall die in your sins? For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And I'm not saying that that you, if you know Christ the Savior, does it hurt you to know that there's people around you that are about to die in their sins? This morning, how will you respond? Has God opened your eyes to allow you to see that without accepting, without coming and bowing down, without following and submitting before Him, you would die in your sin? I would ask you this. Would you respond to that today? Believer in the room today, let me ask you. The light of God is piercing into your heart. Sin is being exposed. What do we do with it? What do I do with it? Do I follow and submit? Or do I say, eh, I'm okay. I'm sitting here every Sunday. I give my tithe. I even serve God doesn't want your money. God doesn't want your service. God wants you. When God has you and you submit to God, you'll recognize that all your money is His. You'll recognize that the physical things that you can do are His. You'll recognize all of those things and He will have all of that anyways. He wants you today. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.